0: Listening to the Free Thinking Teacher Podcast. A candid look at the educational world from the mind of a veteran teacher who doesn't toe the line. These opinions are my own, but you're welcome to borrow them. Welcome to this episode of the Free Thinking Teacher Podcast. I am the Free Thinking Teacher, and this might be one of my longer episodes in the whole run here, and it's because it's one that I have a lot of passion about, uh, and that is unions. The title of this episode is Unions? Really? And uh, I'm going to give you a brief history of unions. I'm going to talk about why my uh, opinion is as strong as it is and why it is what it is, and hopefully convince some listeners out there that uh, teachers' unions are a a thing of the past and really need to be relegated to the scrap heap. So let me just give a brief history of unions here, and this goes back to my, my own personal education. Uh, unions existed and came about uh, around the early part of the 20th century because uh, employees were treated awfully, historically bad. Uh, if you read the book The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, that'll give you a great example of how if you worked in one of the meat p- packing plants in uh, the Chicago area around the turn of the century, and you, through no fault of your own, uh, lost a hand, In one of the meat cutters, you were out of a job altogether. There was no protection for you. You were essentially sentenced to be destitute the rest of your life because you had no protections from the law. Thus, people, workers, came together to actually fight for workers' rights. And those rights exist nowadays. I think that was the appropriate action at the time. I think unions actually did a great thing in uh, negotiating things to protect workers, not just in the form of salary, but protect them in job safety, job security. Um, you know, And nowadays, those laws exist coast to coast. There's no uh, real worry out about there of people losing their jobs due to things like injury, due to things like you know inappropriate uh, conduct, Well, inappropriate conduct is a different factor. But job security is definitely a lot more of a thing now than it was 120 years ago uh, at the time when unions started coming about. That need actually existed. Unions filled that need. Now it's time for them to go. And I'm not saying that for all unions. I'm not going to pretend to to speak uh, for the blue-collar professions out there. That's their own thing. But I am going to look at it from the standpoint of me public school educator. Um, We want to be treated professionally. And I think the word profession is the key word there. If we are truly a profession, if you go to college to get your degree, if you go to college and get your certification, whatever your state requires to be a teacher, and you want to work in that salaried position, you know, you work your full-time job with benefits and all that, then that has become a profession not a trade. And so therefore, name, please name for me another profession that requires union uh, leadership, union representation at the table. When you become a professional, you take it upon yourself to go to school, get your degree, get your license. You are essentially advocating for yourself throughout that entire process. And then all of a sudden, once you've graduated, once you've earned your degree, you need to be represented by someone else. That makes absolutely zero sense to me. You were able to advocate for yourself all along. Now, all of a sudden, you've lost that ability. And I'm not saying that ability was taken away from you, although I will make that argument shortly. I'm saying, why can't you advocate for yourself anymore? Why do you need that union? Uh, It it just doesn't make sense. And I I guess I asked the question, you know, if you are truly a professional, if you are truly going to work for that, then why do you need so much help? Take a look at who unions uh, are, who they consist of. And then take a look at who is in most need of their support. So first of all, unions, uh, whether it be at a state level, a local level, or you look at whatever the hell the national, you know, AFT, all that crap is, uh, you look at who is actually involved there. And really, it is just uh, professional troublemakers, people who have, for one reason or another, decided to extricate themselves from the, the education profession so that they could go to bat and advocate for teachers out there who may need assistance. But more importantly, they go out there and advocate for uh, politicians. They go out there and look at reasons that the school districts, uh, the public education system needs to be fixed. When, I suppose, if you know, the per- thing that might help them see that most clearly would be a mirror, um, they don't seem to understand That they're part of the problem. But my point in this part is, is the unions are seldom needed for those who actually do their job. You know, you may occasionally get the uh, wrongful uh, accusation from a student or parent. You may occasionally get uh, some sort of administrator who's got a bug up his ass and needs to, you know, come down on someone because they don't like them. Those instances are more rare than I think... People are willing to admit. Um, if you do your job professionally, you go about it in the right way, you keep your skills up to date, you follow along with the, you know, best practices and do what you need to do, the union has no purpose for you. All right. They are there strictly to kind of I guess help out those who don't feel like doing their job. And that and I mean that sincerely. If you look at the people who frequently need union representation is usually those who are lacking in some sort of skill set or flat out refusing to do their job the way that it's supposed to be done. And I think what's worse here is that unions try to deal in some exclusionary tactics. They only want to help the people who are willing to fork over the cash. And I get that. They're a business. They offer a service. If you aren't paying for that service, why should you receive it? I get that. But they take it a step further and they want to actually look and enact Uh, punitive measures and kind of berate people and belittle the non-members within their buildings. Um, And that's just unacceptable in any sort of society. It is bullying in one sense of the term. And yet people seem all okay with the unions going ahead and bullying the people who aren't part of their club, part of their clique. Um, Another area to look at with this union bashing that I'm going to keep going with here is Those decisions, those bad teachers that I made before, they enact decisions. They are the cause for decisions and negotiated items that other teachers have to deal with, uh, such as negotiated times. If you look at a lot of public schools out there, they have a time when the teachers are supposed to be there in the morning and a time when they're allowed to leave in the afternoon. Allowed to leave. I've worked in the private sector, I know what it's like. There's an expectation that you do your job, but there's not necessarily always an expectation of you are here from 8.45 to 4.15. There are some exceptions to that rule, but for the most part, you are professional. Obviously, you need to be there when the students are there. But if you are able to you know, park and get in the classroom 30 seconds before the kids come upstairs, do your job professionally, exceptionally throughout the day, and then the bell rings and you need to head out to an appointment right away after school, you should be allowed to do that. There shouldn't be any negotiated times if you do your job well. Those times exist because there are people who frequently show up late or try to bug out early or just plain suck at their job and need to be told when to show up and when to leave because they can't be adults about it. Another uh, decision that's based on the bad teachers are the dress codes, and I've talked about that in other episodes, um, and I'm sure there'll be more to come. Teachers, first of all, put too much emphasis on the Almighty Jeans Day. That's a whole other episode in and of itself. But the dress code needs to exist in the workplace, um, because you know people need to look professional. Yet in the schools, it's first of all, it's kind of a bare minimum dress code. But even that seems to be a step too far for some people. It exists because you, teachers out there, not all of them, but there are some that just don't know how to look like a grown ass human being. Yes, you can wear jeans and a sweater and make it look professional. You don't need to wear hoodies all the time. You don't need to wear flip-flops all the time. Yet, dress codes are a negotiated item and need to exist from the union and have to have union representation because some people just can't get it through their head that they need to look like a grown-up when they are a grown-up. And that goes back and forth with this whole idea of professionalism, too. You want to be treated like a professional, but you want to look like a 13-year-old. Make up your mind. Pick which side of that you want to be on. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit here in my my union tirade, and just look at the money involved with that. And I don't know, uh, you know, I haven't done any studies about you know dues and membership fees from country to country. I can only speak about you know ones that I've had experience with. And in the area where I live, uh, union dues amount to just shy of a thousand dollars per year. Break that down on a monthly basis. It's about you know, eighty dollars or so. Doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot until you look at what you actually get in return for that investment. You know, if you're spending X number of dollars on your Netflix account or on your uh, wireless phone plan, you know what you're getting in return for that. Where does that money go when you give it to your union? Uh, if you do not need any representation, because like I've said before, you're a professional adult and do your job as you're supposed to then what are you getting for that? I mean, I know there's the whole argument for you're getting you know, your liability insurance, but there's other ways that you can accomplish that as well. It doesn't have to be d- done through the union. And you are getting representation in the case of that wrongful prosecution, if that should exist. But there are also other methods for that. Of that nearly $1,000 uh, that uh, was paid by teachers here, not, my, not me, but other teachers in the area where I live, most of that went towards political funding. And they like to say that they know that they're anti-political, but yet there seems to be a whole lot of uh, polling and a whole lot of support going on for uh, political candidates. And I'm not making this a Democrat versus Republican argument. That's not the point at all. And I'm not even saying that uh, teachers don't have an investment in the political process. They do. I don't need someone else doing it on my behalf. I can fully make my decisions on who I need to vote for, who I want to support with uh, my actions and with my uh, money, I don't need the union making that decision for me. And they seem to be hell-bent on taking that money and putting it into political campaigns, and really in a short-sighted way. I don't know how it is across most of the country, but I'm willing to Venture that the only research that goes into supporting a political candidate is if they have an R or a D following their name. And it doesn't go much deeper than that. And I don't quite understand that because, yes, there are some vast differences between the right and left side of the aisle. But just because someone has a D after their name does not necessarily make them a quality candidate. Yet I've seen many a union represent many a shitty candidate simply because of their political affiliation. That's completely inappropriate. It's also a completely inappropriate use of funds, and uh, teachers need to start speaking with their wallets uh, in that regard. Uh, Unions also seem to have this knack of telling everybody who or what to be angry with. I think if you were to look at their mission statement, an accurate mission statement of a teacher's union, it would be, this is what you need to be pissed at. We are advocating for who you need to be upset with. And I don't get it. I don't understand. Teachers uh, are under stress. Teachers do work in an environment that can create um, anxiety. Why would unions want to promote that further? Oh, by the way, you know, reading a union newsletter, here's what you need to be pissed at. Here's who you need to uh, be angry with this week. Not sure why the added stress needs to exist there. I, I rarely see anything from a union group that shows any sort of uh, mindfulness, any sort of uh, stress-relieving activities, any sort of positivity. It's all about here's the problems that are existing in your building, in your district, in your state, and here's who you need to contact and tell them to go pound sand instead of actually, you know, hey, here's some cool things that we find that work in the classroom. Here's a, here's a nice retreat that we can go on to help you uh, de-stress from the week's work. Instead, it's here. here's who you need to be angry with. So I laid out all these arguments, and I want to sit here and actually practice what I preach. So here's what uh, I suggest as a solution to this uh, union problem, and it is a problem. It's time to make better choices. It's time as a teacher, as a professional, to analyze all aspects of your career, including union membership. What can you do to make your school a better place? Can you you know, volunteer a little more? Maybe, maybe not. Can you uh, help nurture a positive environment in the sense that you will deal with problems professionally when they arise, and you will not generate problems when they don't exist or to make a, a the proverbial mountain out of a molehill be a professional be an adult be positive work at what you need to do give you know allow your administrators to do their job don't sit there and file a grievance every time they do something that upsets you have a discussion or better yet let it go you d- might realize that your job isn't as Stressful isn't as crazy as you want to make it seem if you aren't exor- absorbing all that negativity from the union, but also letting it build and fester. Instead, just say, you know what, that sucks, let's move on. Uh, hopefully, some of this uh, ranting and raving that I've done on behalf of the pitiful excuse uh, for people out there that are teachers' unions uh, will sink in and maybe get a little more people thinking a little more freely, free thinking teacher. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Only one so-called profession is beholden to a union, teaching. Teachers want respect and want to be treated professionally, yet they resort to blue-collar labor union complaining. You can't have it both ways. Cut ties with that union, be happier, and keep your money. Unions are joy-sucking, money-grubbing thugs. Zero stars. You've enjoyed the Free Thinking Teacher podcast. Intro and outro music are excerpts from Think About It by Ryan Anderson. Bumper music is from A Thought by Poddington Bear. Both pieces courtesy of Free Music Archive. Please follow the thought process on Twitter at FTTeach. And comment on the blog at FTTeach. Teacher.blogspot.com. Email topic ideas, comments, and questions to freethinkingteacher at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And remember, these opinions are my own, but you're welcome to borrow them.